0: Thank you for your time. This is the Get in Divorce Without Losing Your Mind podcast with Corey Shapiro. The quote this week comes from Kevin Kelly. He is a senior maverick at Wired Magazine, which he co founded all the way back in 1993. He's also the co founder of All Species Foundation, a nonprofit aimed at cataloging and identifying every living species on Earth. He's a best selling writer. Tim Ferriss thinks he's one of the most interesting men around. I looked him up on Wikipedia. He has three children, and he regrets not having a fourth. So he's a real giver, a real teacher. And on his website, which you can check out at kk.org, every birthday he gives unsolicited advice. And for his 70th birthday, he titled... 103 bits of advice I wish I had known. Here's one of them, which pertains to our divorce world. Whenever there is an argument between two sides, find the third side. I think that's a big way to de-escalate matters. Probably never going to convince the other side that you're right. It's better to find a third side. Okay, Divorce News, it's a New York Law Journal article by Marilyn Sugarman. Marilyn Sugarman's now in private practice. I think she does basically private judging and arbitrations, maybe some other things. But for many years, she was a referee, a special referee in a New York County Court, in Supreme Court. And I actually appear before her in a trial. I thought she was uh really lawyer friendly, really smart. She reminded me like a very experienced nurse who has seen it all, done it all, and is this gonna do the right result? So she wrote an article about venue. And there's been some controversy in New York because like in other like a lot of other places, people, you know, who lived in Manhattan, they maybe had weekend homes, vacations homes in other areas, and they've been basically leaving Manhattan because they can they don't have to go to work every day, and they can spend all of their time in their weekend or vacation home. And that And this is one couple who did that. Uh, I think it was in March of 2020, uh, the, the, the wife and the daughter decamped to the weekend home. The husband stayed behind. And just a few months later, in August, he files a divorce action in the county where the weekend home was. That case, they fought the venue, you know, should it be New York County? Should it be out there in Suffolk County where the weekend home was? And basically, it the the lower court thought it should be where it was, uh, but they appealed. And can you imagine all the time, energy they wasted on this venue issue? And the appellate court said, no, it should be back in New York County. At that point in time, the wife really only lived there temporarily, and she was coming back. I thought this was interesting because our, we have a statute in in New York the CPLR and the CPLR states that when you have uh, when you're a resident in more than one county so you're a resident in more than one county you're deemed a resident of each county. So what was the issue? Can she be a resident of both Suffolk County and New York County? I think the issue there it was just too fast. I think it was, you know March, it was the pandemic, and then August, boom. Also interestingly, I went on a venue motion a long time ago, and the first thing the judge said to me was, "Where's your office?" And they said the same thing to opposing counsel. And that's generally what the issue is here. And I mean, same same situation. Both the councils they had, their main offices, or I think their only offices, at least at the time, was in Manhattan. So I think there's two ways they could have played this. The husband could have just hired local counsel. He could have hired a shark if he wanted to, and I'm not saying there's not sharks out there, but if he really wanted to hire the, big, the biggest and the baddest and only he wanted a New York City attorney, he could have hired local counsel at least initially just to get it through this early stages of venue. On the other hand, what I think would have been a smarter move was he could have d- done some pre-commencement planning and you know the court gives guidance. For many years, they basically say that, and here's the language, this is the language from the court, and this is why lawyers love it, because there's so many loopholes here, but this is what the court said, and this is all the way back in 1989, said the court noted that while there was no necessity to demonstrate an intention to make a place a permanent home, so that's basically saying a week on home or vacation home may suffice, a party must remain there for, okay, here's the words, some time. I don't know what some time means, but that's what you argue, and have the requisite intent to maintain the place of residence for some length of time and degree of permanency. So how do you show that? Well, you can have maybe, you know, the automobiles registered. You can have mail being sent there. You can have your credit cards being sent there, your bank set there. You could have maybe even voter registration out there. A lot of different things you can do to show that this is not just some few-month thing. Also, at that point, we didn't know how long the pandemic was going to be. And tell you the truth, I bet you they're still out there in the Hamptons. So I do think that lower court got it right. Unfortunately, I think it's it's not necessarily a good decision. But on the other hand, this is what we have. All right, so let's move to question with Corey. I want to sell our home... My spouse does not agree. What are my options? You know, of all the issues I have seen, at least here in New York, this is a troubling one. For some reason, uh, the public policy is that if you have joint ownership of property, specifically a home, and let's say there's no children, and you want to sell the home, let's say like here in New York and a lot of different places, interest rates are going up, and you just want out. You just want to get it out. Now, smart couples would say, wow, interest rates are going up. We're we're separating. Let's sell the home. Let's try to get as much money as we can and move on with our lives. But more difficult people, uh, they don't do that. They make everything uh, difficult. Everything's escalated and they're not going to agree to sell the home. So then you go to court and, and the court says, well, we can't sell the home either. And you're like, well, what do you mean you can't sell the home court? And you're like, well, we can only do it once there's a divorce granted. And it's like, why, why, why can't we sell it now? And I guess what you could do, I mean, maybe the court can do it. I haven't seen it done. And I think it is the law. Maybe there's exceptions, but here's, here's something you can think about. You could have the other side share expenses. You know, usually it's a case where one side's paying for everything. So maybe the court can say, listen, if, you know, there's disagreements, we're going to make both of you 50%, 50% responsible. If they have moved out of the home, uh, the other side is going to try to get back in. So that's going to be occupancy issues. So there could be all these problems. So what I'm trying to tell you is these are complicated issues. And depending on where you are, the law may be different. This is a great question to talk to your lawyer. It's very fact specific, but something that should be simple. Just like in divorce news. I mean, why can't you have two residences if you're staying out in your weekend home for many months or years? Why can't you have a litigation in two places? And same thing with this question. Why can't you sell a home? There's no children, no bias. It's costing too much. Why do I have to wait three, four, five years for the divorce? And the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's how it is. And that's unfortunately what I've learned in the past 20 years of doing this. All right, moving to quick announcements. Well, we discussed last week, we put up our first video on YouTube, so you can check that out. We're going to have chapters, so you can quickly che- you know, check out the sections. If you want to submit questions for the podcast, go to Uh Feedback uh, for the podcast, love to hear some feedback. Send an email to feedback at gettingdivorce.org We're moving on to positive Perspective, listeners know that's a change. We used to be called appreciation. We're moving this or we're changing this last section to positive perspective. We want to talk about the budget. I want to talk about energy. What I've seen often is clients and initially, there's so much energy, so much emotion. You know, maybe because for so long uh, they've been thinking about this, and then they hire the attorney. And then everything seems to be, uh, you know, in crisis mode, when in reality, from the professional standpoint, it's not really in crisis mode. Things take years to resolve in a lot of situations. I mean, there are some crises. But what I'm suggesting to you is early on in your divorce, your thinking got you where you are. You're thinking, wherever it is. Now, if you're saying to me, Corey, what do you mean by thinking? You know, my husband's having an affair and uh, wants to move halfway across the country with my kids. How's that my thinking? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your thinking is causing the stress, the anxiety, the worry. And my suggestion is meet with your professional. Meet with a therapist and change your thinking and find out what your rights are, find out what can be done. You're trying to do the least amount necessary to resolve the issue. That's what you're trying to do. And remember, this could be a long game. I play the long game. So if you're going to spend all your energy, all your budget, and like like in that case from Divorce News, spending all that time, money. I mean, these are millionaires, obviously, wasting all that time on venue. You're not going to have the budget on the important things, like how you divide property, how are you going to get the child support, maybe the maintenance you need. So you have to be efficient. But it's so hard to be efficient when you know, you're in such crisis. And I think the real issue is a lot of people are grieving. I mean, it could take two years to grieve. So you can't just start a divorce in like a month and think you're going to be thinking clearly. It's just too hard to do. So get information early on, either through professionals, through even grief counselors, and try to think about your budget so you can move uh, long-term. Okay, remember... This podcast is for informational purposes only. You should consult an attorney uh, before acting on any of the information provided. Until next time, think creative, not reactive.